Junkies podcast, brought to you by BingeJunkies.com. to binge junkies we are so excited we have a full house for you guys today i'm your host kelsey and i am joined by fellow host evan hey everyone and we have three guests from you today from the amazing hilarious web series all the way to the top we have the creator director writer jolene kanagarak yes hello everyone happy to be here thank you producer micah gonda hi how are you good thank you for coming and actress maddie mccormick Hello. Thank you guys all for coming. The, the show is, is so cute. It is one of those web series that like at the end of every episode, you're like, wait, 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 wait. That can't be it. That can't be it. There has to be more. It's so clever. It's so funny. But really, my biggest question, Julian, I'm going to ask you this. Is mm-hmm. a menthol blower a real thing? Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um <laughs> So menthol blower for those listeners at home in, in the, in the biz is um, where a makeup artist uh, can stand with a menthol blower, a little apparatus that's filled with menthol, blow it into your eyeballs <laughs> to help create some tears for an emotional scene. And that's not to say, um, you know, please, by all means, like there, there are many, many, many actresses who don't, don't use this, but for comedic value. Um, we incorporated it into our episode. That was amazing. I was like, that can't be written. No, it probably is. I've I've had to use one on on a movie before. After like 10 takes of crying, they they come in with that little menthol thing and they come back. So Uh, yeah, I guess you're like, I can, I can, I can bring them on command, but maybe not this long and this repetitive. I see. Okay. That really does help having the context to be honest, because it is kind of like a gift to be able to cry on cue, but can you cry on cue 10 times in a row for goodness gracious sake? (laughs) Yes, that's right. Everyone has their limits. The rolling, the rolling tears after a while, those just stop. They just. (laughs) I'm right out. I'm out. I'm dry. I'm dry. That's all I got. So the other one I wanted to ask you, Jolene, you, you know, in one of these uh, episodes, you have the hilarious character that they're going to, or not character, but the Ocean Boy, the movie Ocean Mm. Boy. And I noticed that you were in an old TV show, Ocean Girl. Is that kind of where that came from? A little memory (laughs) of the naming ability? (laughs) Yes. I mean, you know, it was um, everything in, in, in life is you know, write what you know, they say. So I certainly was inspired by um, things that um, have happened in my life. And I was on a kid's show called Ocean Girl. And it was about, she was kind of like half girl, half half mermaid. And um, and her, her best friend was this big, big whale. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the the title, when I was thinking of a really silly title for that, um, for that sequence, I just thought, yeah, what's a what's a really long extrapolated title, and then so it became the tales and crustaceans of the universe, the tales and adventures of Ocean Boy. So. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> in in that scene where you mention Ocean Boy <laughs> a couple of times, you mm-hmm. go through all of the different or the casting director rather um, goes through all of the different ways they want people to say something. Mm-hmm. how 
close to reality is that? Because that felt so ridiculous. As somebody who's never um, auditioned for anything, it sounds ridiculous <laughs> that they would ask you to say some things so many different crazy ways, but I feel like that's got to at least touch somewhere close to the truth. Oh, it's absolutely 100% the truth, Maddie. Don't you agree? <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes it so funny is it's so realistic, the things that you get asked to do in casting rooms. You get that yeah. feeling that like it's funny because it's true. Oh, absolutely. They're this, yeah, I mean, you know, certain, you know, there are certain comedic embellishments, but in terms of, yeah, um, the things that actors get asked to do in the audition rooms, we, I think, depicted them pretty, pretty accurately. Nice. <laughs> I, once, I once had a casting director check her watch while I was singing. It was a horror, like full on check her watch to see when I would be done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I once had a director, I was in the middle of an audition and had a director, someone, there was a knock on the door, someone came in and it looked like it was his dad or someone and handed him the phone and he had a full on phone conversation about what he was going to have for dinner oh. while I was still auditioning. No one told me to stop. And also I, I was a lot younger. And if that happened to me now, I'd just be like, oh no, see you later. But you right. know, these are the things that happen. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I can imagine just sitting there looking around like, are, are you seeing this? Like, do you, are, are we in the same room together? Yeah, that's right. Am I on candid camera? Am I being punk? What's happening? Now, were the auditions for all the way to the top? Anything like that? I'll let uh, Maddie speak to this. Well, it's really great because all the way that is all the way to the top started as a play. Uh, first in Australia, then Joel's brought it to LA. And so when I first auditioned for this role, I was auditioning for the play. So slightly different, um, but it was, at, it was one of my more fun audition moments. It was you and Kelly at Joel's um, home and, or no, no, it wasn't Kelly, was it? No, it was Kendra, Kendra, Kendra originally, yeah. And um, mm -hmm. my acting coach, who was the same as Kelly, who was another one of our actors in this project, she plays Josie. We have the same acting coach and she both, the, this acting coach, Leslie Kahn, put us up for the role in this play. And so um, I came in and I basically did episode one, which is what Joel's adopted into the play. I basically did Claire's monologues from episode one for my audition. Yeah. A good episode. I need to go rewatch it they're, again. They're all great. They, especially, you know, just from our, you know, doing the podcast, we get this like little peek, you know, into to this life and, and making friends and stuff. But just some of them are so like, when they're like, oh, NDAs, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, we've definitely interviewed that person. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's wonderful. So, I mean, it, this has had quite the history. It's traveled from play winning a ton of awards filming in four days which is incredible uh after mm -hmm. you know crowdfunding and everything can you talk a little bit i guess each of you in whatever order you'd like uh about how well i guess how it came about and then sort of what you see for the future we're hoping like full-on series because it's phenomenal oh thank you yeah i mean we were all doing the so we when we did the play the second outing that it had in la was at micah's theater um the pico and um and then when kelly we we all love we genuinely love each other we genuinely love the material and so it just we wanted a life beyond the play and we were you know hanging out regularly and um and i was talking to kelly about you know what 
what avenue we could take. And I had developed the script into a TV half hour comedy pilot. And we had a live public reading of that downtown. And it was where to from here. And then Kelly and I both had, um, both have friends who have gone the web series route and it's proven very successful for them. And so that, that was kind of where the web series idea was born. And so I cherry picked the, the best moments to really kind of convey each character accurately and, and convey the overall, overall tone and story of the, of the show from the pilot script. I cherry picked those moments and created these six episodes. Um, and then we set about doing a crowdfunding campaign. We met with Micah. Micah came on board as our third producer. So it was myself, Kelly um, and Micah. And then we, yeah, set about doing the crowdfunding campaign, which is a whole experience in itself as well. We'd never crowdfunded before, but we certainly put our best foot forward. Like we didn't want to leave anything to chance. And so we just went, yeah, pedal to the metal and really, really um, got vocal about the show. And and it, it was championed immediately by, by so many people. So many people were really enthusiastic about it. And um, it kind of went from there. I'll, I'll pass the baton on now to, to Micah. <laughs> um, this is my first uh, time ever producing anything. And um, from the moment I met uh, Kelly and Jolene and, and read the script, I was like, oh my gosh, like just to be around a group of women and, um, and friendships, it, it was the start. You could just feel it in the room. It was the start of like something super, super fun from beginning to end. And it, it didn't matter what was thrown at us and things were, were definitely thrown at us. Um, it's been like a, a learning experience throughout the whole thing, but um, the crowdfunding was amazing. I mean, I feel like all of us are so bonded over that experience. We we raised all of our, um, all, we hit our goal in a week and it was just, it was a party. It was a true, a true party. And it was a lot of cheerleading each other, which felt really great. And I think was exactly what Jolene intended when you kind of created the, created the piece years and years ago, you know, it was just a group of women supporting, supporting women. And then shooting it was, again, a lot of things were thrown our way from losing locations to all kinds of things. And it was, it was four days that we just didn't, we kind of all closed our eyes and we were like, what happens? And it was magical. It was really magical all the way through to the end where, you know, we had this huge block of time since September when we shot it. And we were all still connected through that. And then, you know, that everything happened in the world and we thought, oh, you know what, this is an amazing time to release it while everyone's home and able to enjoy like a, a you know, a different kind of, of entertainment. And the day that we decided this is the day, you know, one of the girls, I think it was you, Maddie, right? Suggested, let's all, you know, sit on Zoom and, and do this together. And we got <laughs> dressed up kind of, and we sat down, it was amazing. So the whole thing's been extraordinary. That's so cute. I, I could just feel kind of the love between everybody and even those who aren't here right now. It's really so cool and so powerful to see. I mean, there's there's no way you could have made it from 2007 to 2020 without that having been a part of the equation. And it's really cool. So Kickstarter got you from one step to another. Is that something that you would consider doing again for another run? Or are you thinking about moving in a different direction to go to the next stage? Yeah, well, we, we actually, um, to give the shout out to the platform that we used, we used Seed and Spark. They were, it, it was, yeah, really great for us. And, 
and yeah, we ran a, a successful campaign, like you mentioned. Would we do it again? We definitely, we definitely see life beyond what we've created. Um, the plan in terms of making a web series was to get as many people to watch it, many, as many people to fall in love with the characters as possible, and really to utilize it as a proof of concept and go, look what we can do with $15,000 in four days. Imagine what we can do as a team with, you know, real, some real cash and, a network or a streaming platform behind us and so the goal is really to take it beyond um their short episodes into a into a half hour comedy series um i mean that's the that's the dream that's the pie in the sky so would we go a crowdfunding route i mean maybe i don't know let's see it's still so early i mean we've only kind of released it four weeks ago or so and so um just we're still you know very much in that initial stage of of yeah, releasing it to the world, but definitely we want to keep telling the stories of these characters. Well, they're all really great characters. Uh, I mean, all all of the actresses are so much fun and, and so individual and and Maddie playing Claire St. Clair, so cute and happy. And I died when they showed the mirror with all the pictures of uh -huh. Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to ask, I guess, what of yourself you see in Claire and uh, is the goal, I mean, not the goal, but a goal, you know, for the half hour comedy, we're going to actually maybe see Melissa Joan Hart. Come on. Oh, great questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> great questions. I think almost every actress can see themselves as Claire at some point or another. Um, I personally moved from the Midwest with a big old dream, just like Claire. Everyone starts out very green and very eager to please and um, very much like whatever you want. I will sell my soul just to get a job. Like I will do whatever you ask me to do. I will roll on the floor, like whatever it is. And so I think that's why she's such a fun character because she really will do whatever it takes to make her, her dream happen. And I know almost every one of my friends out here, myself included, has some type of like mantra practice, which is why it's so hilarious to see her practicing her own mm -hmm. because it's very real. It's very, very real. You get rejected a lot. So your job is to hype yourself up. So if you need to look in the mirror and tell yourself, <laughs> what, what does Claire say? Tell yourself, like, I have received the light and I am the light, then do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I give myself permission to yes, shine. Yeah. shine. Yeah, I love that. I'm bright like a diamond. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, you need to tell yourself yeah. that. And a lot of days I do need to tell myself that. So, um, and as far as Melissa Joan Hart goes, we had some exciting um, social media action with her where she actually replied to one of my posts saying about her saying, I want to watch this show. So we were like, please watch, yeah. you know. <laughs> Um, so I think it's definitely a possibility that we could, we could get her to come on. That'd be, that would be amazing. So it seems like you guys all have this very community vibe and purpose and everything. And, and it's such a, a women oriented, both behind and in front of the camera. And I did want to ask, uh, about the playhouse, the Pico playhouse, because that, I mean, that seems like it's really an incredible thing that you have helped create and, and run and now, and then that's how you met these guys. Can you talk a little bit about the Playhouse itself? Yeah, um, the Pico is, it used to be the Pico Playhouse and um, it was a 99 seat theater um, on 
basically um, Beverly Glen and Pico. Um, and a couple years ago, um, we took all the seats out and decided, we were trying to kind of think of where theater was going and where theater was going in LA and, you know, kind of what the future might look like and how to, how to keep it busy. Um, and so we took out all the seats and we leveled the floor and we made it a multi-purpose art space. And the first couple months that we, you know, we started running it as a new space, you know, it's been everything now from a place for fashion shoots, fashion shows, full-length plays, readings, podcasts um, with a live audience. Like we've, we've done dance recitals, piano, like everything. So um, it's kind of been magical to watch the space change over the last couple of years. And Kelly, the other producer and actress on the show, she um, reached out to me. Uh, she was the first show we ever did once I took over the space. Um, she was looking to do a benefit, and um, Jolene's uh, All the Way to the Top was, was one of the pieces in the benefit. And it was amazing. And the same energy that was in All the Way to the Top was kind of, I saw it that first day in my first couple weeks at the Pico. Um, so it's been a beautiful through line for me, uh, kind of to, to make it full circle. That's, that's so, that's really cool. If you're not just helping each other, you're helping the entire community. Everybody's getting together. You've got all sorts of things <laughs> going on there. Uh, I wish, I wonder if we do have a theater. It makes me want to look for something like that around me. I'm just down here in San Diego, not mm -hmm. too far. <laughs> Is there a second installment being written already? Do you know where you want to take this when we get it to? I like the when. And Netflix and I, love, I know, I was just about to say, I love the when. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I have um, rough outlines for for few episodes in terms of like an overall series arc we've we've you know uh, Kelly and I have spoken about a couple of different storyline options no final scripts are written um but in terms of yeah a rough idea of where where it needs to go where we want to take the characters for sure I mean there's so many other so many other avenues that you know we want to explore in terms of the things that women face in Hollywood so whether you have a baby and that puts your career on hold or aging in Hollywood or, you know, who you're, who you end up kind of um, partnering with and does that, you know, the, your presence on the red carpet or, you know, who, who you've seen on the red, all of that sort of stuff. There's, yeah, there's, there's so much room and so much scope. But yes, there, there's some definite specific storylines that we have and, um, and then there's just kind of other overarching themes that we want to explore. This podcast is brought to you by BingeJunkies.com. We've got what you crave. Well, you guys, I think one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was, as you say, like the issues that women face in Hollywood, because I think we hear a lot more about it nowadays, but so often it's either very, very serious or it's sort of dismissed. And I think that you walk this really interesting line between this comedy and sort of bringing it up and poking it at it, but also like not drowning, you know, the show in like, this is going to be a serious issue show. This is a comedy. This is like a fun, you yeah. know, really thing. But I, I loved, I mean, one of the, the things that kind of popped out at me was Michelle Luke's her line about playing a new mom and enjoy being seen in a new light, you know, and I, and that's one of the things we, uh, so I'm a huge fan of hers from Strike Back. I love Strike Back. 
mm-hmm. and talking to some of the women from that um, on the podcast. And they, you know, are like, yeah, it's great because you have this like age where you're like young and innocent. And then all of a sudden you get cast as like the bad guy. And then mm-hmm. maybe you get a little older and you get cast as the mom. And that's sort of like your check, 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 you know, in, ge- mm-hmm. in general. So I just think it's, anyways, I'm not sure what the question was, but I just think it's a, it's a neat line to walk. And I guess the question is, how do you make sure you're, you're bringing those issues to the forefront, but in like a really fun comedic way that doesn't dismiss them at the same time? Yeah. And I mean, like you said, this is not a show that is bogged down in those issues. It's not a heavy show in by any, you know, and I think, I mean, we just, because we have all lived this, like, you know, I grew up as a, an actress. I've been in the industry since I was 13 years old. And so I think it, it just stems from a really authentic, true place for all of us. And I think when you're storytelling from, 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 that, from that type of space, hopefully, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not trying to be heavy handed. We've all got, you know, our sense of humour is all very similar. We all, we all like and laugh at the same things. And so I think, um, yeah, going into it with a, with a comedy focus or a comedy lens, I think will just help keep those things, like you said, light, but not buried or weighted down by, by those things. And it's funny that you mentioned that specific line because in my when I first wrote the draft I don't even think I had that line in there and then I rewrote it and I included it and it got such a big laugh the first time it was ever spoken out loud on stage and we didn't like when I even wrote that I I wasn't even putting it in there for a joke it was more just like this character uh, clutching at straws a little bit trying to put a positive spin on things that she'd been up to but it got such a big laugh that I was like oh my goodness yes this is it just kind of yeah yeah opened up that um I don't know opened up the comedy for for that character and that and that specific line that bit more I feel like that's what makes it so feel so genuine is that it's funny because it's true I know I even said it before but I'm thinking about the the scene where they're in the theater and the woman cups up and she wants like the best seats And if anybody in the world has worked customer service, it doesn't have to be in a theater. You're going to relate to this scene. (laughs) Like, I love it when she walks away and he's like, what are you going to come to the theater trying to get good seats on the same day? Stay up. Stay up. (laughs) Those are the exact lines that I just about died. Well, yes, that that is, while I was a jobbing actress, that I spent many years working in the theater box office to pay my rent, pay pay the bills. So that is, um, and, you know, Mike would have experience in that. Maddie's got experience in customer service like we all do. So, but, um, yeah, for the specificity of that, that was something that I lived and breathed for a few years. And so we came across many, many entitled customers. Um, Yeah. There are so many out there. There's so many out there. So many out there. Um, Knowing that most of these scenes come from, even if it's not a verbatim situation, a very similar situation, how the heck did we get to the toilet bowl scene? (laughs) (laughs) I died of laughter almost the entire episode. Oh, that was... (laughs) Where the heck did that come from? (laughs) Well, that was... um, That was actually inspired by uh, my husband's... um, Like, when he was in college, it it was a roommate inspired by one of his roommates. He lived with a a couple, a guy and a girl, and, um, yeah, his female roommate was just really OCD in in that way, and he recounted a... Yeah, 
a, a toilet bowl situation where she just had a had a nose in the toilet bowl the whole time. So I thought, hmm, what 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 can I? How can I use this? And so, <laughs> Um, I thought, who would this annoy the most? Out of which character would find this incredibly, you know, um, just intolerable? And just to really paint a picture of, you know, of the Deirdre character and of, you know, of her life. She's, you know, still waiting on tables. She lives with crazy roommates. She's just not where she thought she would be, you know, at this point in her, in her life. So it just um, helped paint that picture. And then Elka, um, the actress who plays Sonia, the um, the toilet cleaner. She actually um, snapped her ankle in half like a week before. So this was is one of the injury. challenges. That was real. <laughs> okay. It was real. And I, and she was like, you know, I'm still, I'm still good for it. I'm still, I'm still okay to do it. And I was like, okay. Um, well, you just let me know if you need to, you know, back out. And I mean, she was such a trooper. And we we're like, right, that's it. We're going to write it in, and it's going to be even funnier that she's that dedicated yeah. to cleaning the toilet, even though her foot is broken and <laughs> elevated. Absolutely. She looks all like awkward and like one foot, like her body's yeah. all contorted yeah. trying to get in there. She was and amazing. Had somebody yeah. asking to That's smell right. something they knew they didn't okay. want to smell. Most right. of us haven't stuck our noise, smell it. No. nose, like actually in the toilet. That's all right. You know. Well, the funny part of that scene is we were shooting on location at a friend's apartment, and that oh. was our only bathroom for no. the entire <laughs> No, <that>? stop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> that's what we're leading with <laughs> so so Micah I'm interested because you're talking about or Julian was talking about it being one of the difficult things to sort of deal with was this injury what do you think I mean trying to produce this and, and this level of content in four days on that tight budget what was the most difficult hurdle that you had as a producer me um <laughs> yeah. well the day the day I called Jolie <laughs> we were supposed to spend um we were supposed to shoot I mean 90% of it right Jolie 90% yes. at the what yes yes correct 90% of it at the Pico and um we were doing some construction and some renovations that were supposed to be over by then but as construction does it ran a bit over so um, about a week before I called Jolene and I was like, hey, Jolene, how you doing? <laughs> she was like, hey. And I'm like, um, this is not going to happen. And she was like, what? So a week before it was go time to find um, all, all new locations, um, except for the, the shot backstage theater is the only one that we ended up doing um, at the Pico. But everything else was found in one week on, you know, we did the whole thing for, for $15,000. So it was, it was awesome, but it was, um, it was, it really was like, I learned so much so fast, but I was definitely like, like that for seven full days. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. But I think with this, that often, like with indie movies, I find that you get some like really incredible content just because people are sort of like, pushed into it the like creativity that you have to like pull out of your ass to like <laughs> make that happen is is really incredible so what we'll start with Maddie this time what was your biggest lesson that you'll take forward for when the whole series gets picked up oh that's such that's a really great question um I think one of my biggest lessons is always work with your friends because it's so much more fun 
whenever you can. Like, I totally understand why Judd Apatow has his crew of people he works with over and over again, because it's just, it's a dream. It really is a dream to work with your friends and to create something that you're proud of and to make something together. You know, that is, that's something that I want to keep doing. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, not be involved in any of the drama of the production. I really just got to show up and act, which was pretty amazing because we had so many, we had these three working so hard behind the scenes that I just got to really enjoy the process and um, didn't get to, wasn't involved in a lot of the drama. So thank you to you three, <laughs> Kelly not being here, but the three of you really made it so smooth for me to just show up and do my job. Um, moving forward, I I would love to um, learn more about the producing side of it um, because it was really amazing <laughs> to see what these women did with $15,000. I had no say in that and I'm so impressed with how, how expensive it looks, how yeah. professional it looks, how professional it was through and through. Um, so kudos to them. I have absolutely nothing to do with that. So um, yeah, I think moving forward, learning from, from those three, um, because I, I really didn't have a hand in it this time. Yeah. How about you, Jolene? Um, what did I learn? Hmm. I learned a lot. <laughs> it's like, get it signed a... with Netflix. That's what I learned. <laughs> yeah. It was a steep learning curve, um, but it was challenging, but really growth filled and really um, joyous at the same time. So I think... I learned not to sweat the small stuff. I really learned to manage my stress on set um, because, you know, I'm, I can be quite, you know, an emotional person. And in terms of um, particularly our last episode, episode six, I mean, we shot that in an empty warehouse. So um, we had to convert that warehouse into looking, you know, how it looked. And we had 20 extras. We had a full cast. We had supporting cast. We had our crew. And, you know, it was a small crew, but still, there was probably on that last day, maybe like 40 something, 40 plus people. No, yeah, easy, 50, because we had like 20 extras. And so that was really quite stressful. And we were really, you know, under there's a lot of stress in terms of just getting it done in the time. And I, I really had to just keep a, just try and, and keep level. And because, you know, I'm, I'm spearheading this, this project, like uh, I'm the director on set. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I am freaking out. And so that was a real lesson in just, okay. Um, I can't even pinpoint and tell you what it is that I learned, but I know that I got through it. I know that I, you know, absolutely have the strength to yeah, hold it together and carry myself in that situation. So, and also just my, my directorial skills, I think I learned a ton, um, obviously working with, you know, my friends who are all unbelievably talented, it makes it pretty easy, but just in terms of, I don't know, I, I, I honed my communication skills. I also learned what to sacrifice because we were pressed for time and you know instead of going for that extra take or knowing what I had trusting what I had already got and knowing that I could work with that in the in the edit room I think that comes with with experience and um you know I think I've still got more to learn in that in that realm but it's definitely something that I continue to learn throughout this process like Maddie said continue to work with my friends because it's a really empowering experience making your own content. And certainly when you um, can 
surround yourself with equally lovely and talented people. It's a real joy. And yeah, next time just get Netflix to give us a lot of money so that we can make it into a, a full show. You know, because that's so easy now. Yeah. I'm, just, just, I'm gonna call them up. Yeah. I'm gonna call them up right now. <laughs> that's how it happens, right? <laughs> and, and Micah, how about you? <laughs> um, honestly, from the beginning. I was inspired every single day by Jolene and Kelly and then everyone that they brought to the team. The specificity on, on Jolene's ideas and, you know, where I, everything, it was, it was just beautiful. I can't wait to do it again, but working with people that inspire you and um, give you, like, I didn't know what I was doing, but they, they trusted me and gave me enough, but I never felt like I couldn't ask a question. No question was ridiculous. And, um, and I think that in the future, creating an environment like I learned from, you know, like I want everyone to be able to ask anything and, and wonder anything and um, have ideas about everything. But I also want, if you give somebody a job, do it, you know, and Jolene and Kelly and the whole team, they were so, it was just so cohesive. And um, the actors were extraordinary. Their specificity was, I mean, so beautiful. It was wonderful. So I think just working with people that inspire you is what's important. I honestly cannot believe the, uh, the love and honest mutual respect you all have for each other. You all come from very different places, very different backgrounds. And, and just to see you speak so highly of each other, it's just so heartwarming and uplifting. I mean, it really shines through in the show as well. I don't think that you can pull off comedy like that without having respect for the people you're working with. And I'm, wow. just, I'm just so impressed. And, and I feel even like I can relate a little bit to it because I don't think Kelsey and I um, would be here right now if we didn't have such a, a mutual respect and understanding for each other. We actually like each other, where people that work together in different kind of jobs don't necessarily get to work with people they like. So it's really a treat for us to get to do this. Um, so being that everybody has come from different backgrounds and um, all have done different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You've acted before and done other things within the entertainment industry as well. Do any of you have any favorite fan interactions so far? I mean, maybe even start with Jolene, because a lot of us may not be super familiar with Ocean Girl, but uh, <laughs> or your background there. <laughs> but is is there anything from there and since then that has stood out to you as a cool fan interaction for you? Um, so the the first TV show I ever did is is still often gets replayed in Australia. It was called Round the Twist and it was based on this children's author, Paul Jennings. He was this very, very um, imaginative, wild and imaginative writer and wrote these crazy stories for kids. And so his short stories got um, converted into these scripts. And so Round the Twist is a bit of a cult favourite back home. It, it gets replayed always on TV. Um, the, the actual books are a lot uh, part of a lot of curriculums in school and so my the show gets replayed all the time so I I shot that when I was 13 <laughs> and now I'm 41 and I it is still to this day so I don't have one particular fan moment but it has honestly captured generation after generation uh, and 
and it's really special. It was a really special project to work on. And it really kind of, you know, formed some of the, the fabric of 90s television in Australia. And, and so I have a lot of people will still reach out to me about that show. And I mean, this is probably a couple of years ago as I somewhere at some bar on Sunset and um, ran into some random Australian person, didn't know them, met them through someone else. And they were like, oh my God, you were on Round the Twist. I love that show. And it's still, it's still so special for so many people. Um, so I guess that's my kind of, I don't know, like I said, it's not a fan moment, but it's it, it's got a, a generation of fans who really enjoyed that content. And so that's pretty pretty special to have been a part of that as my first ever job. So yeah, that's me. I'll stop that's talking. so cool. I want to go look up that show right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's um, cool. doing party of that, Jules. I want to have a big Thank you. I want to have a big Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> you need to live tweet it if you do, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. I'll let you know. How about you, Maddie? You've been on a few shows that are very well known here in the U.S. So I tend, when people recognize me, it's usually one of two things. And based on the group or whoever's asking me, I kind of guess if it's a group of like guys or younger, younger demographic, I'm usually like, it's shameless. And, shameless. You've, seen, and yeah. you've seen my boobs. And they're like, yeah, I've seen your boobs. So <laughs> usually that goes that way. If it's moms or like daughters and especially moms and daughters together, it's Hallmark. So it's very opposite ends of the spectrum. And I'm like, you watch Hallmark Christmas movies. And they're like, yes, we love your Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> So I generally know who, where it's going to come from based on the demographic ask being like, you look so familiar. And I'm like, it's one of two things. Um, I can imagine it being like a game for you now. Like, it is, B, like was I right? One of these two and based on who it is. Um, and I will say earlier last year, I filmed a movie with um, Denise Richards, who's obviously very famous um and so I was a little bit you know shell-shocked to meet her and I'm playing her niece and so I was going to be like hi you know I love you from everything you've done and her first thing to me was I loved you in Shameless I watched your episode like five times you have amazing boobs and I was like Thank you. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> I, know, I can tell they're real too honey I can tell they're real so, was, so that was a nice moment for me yeah <laughs> I, I can imagine if it came from the general shameless demographic, you might not have had the same reaction. But for yeah. Denise Richards, you're like, oh, thank you so much. That's so yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Micah, you know we're waiting for you now. <laughs> I, I, my, 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 I used to wait tables and um, in New York. And my very, very first day, um, Al Pacino came in. And I was like oh no, this is not okay. And so I, <laughs> and I don't have like a barometer. Like I was like, oh. and um, the, my, the owner of the restaurant was like, well, you have to do this. And I was like, I can't do this. He was like, you have to, because this is going to happen again. So like, just get it over with. So I walked over to his table and I was like, hi. <laughs> and he just looks up at me and he goes, that's all right, sweetheart. I haven't exercised all day. And he takes the water from me because I was shaking. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> on for like 32 seconds. And that was, that was my moment. And I didn't walk away. Like I just stood there. <laughs> like, 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And he helps me with his water. So nice. I love um, that. That's that's wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much for, for spending so much time with us and we appreciate that. Thank you for listening to another Binge Junkies podcast and please join us again next time.